With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for Clemson Sports Talk with Lawton Swan. Just call me Swanee. Finally, Clemson Sports Talk has come back to drive time. Hello, everybody. Lawton Swan back in the saddle. Once again, it is the show that shakes the Southland. Clemson Sports Talk for you each and every afternoon as you make your way around the great state of South Carolina and beyond listening to us on incredible radio stations like Fox Sports Radio 1400, The Midlands, heard around the world on the iHeart Radio application. Download today. It is free. The website, put the dot .com on it, doggone it, that's ClemsonSportsTalk.com, 803-450-0086. All right, coming up today, Luke Winstall going to be on the program. Former Clemson Tiger head coach Tommy Bowden joins us. I'm starting to think that not having Coach Bowden on last Friday uh, may have been the jinx. May have been the jinx. You know, the last time Clemson lost at Duke, Tommy Bowden was the head coach back in 2004. Maybe, maybe, had we had him on. Last Friday, which we've had him on for a decade, but I'll be honest with you, I wasn't sure about how the hurricane that had come through the Florida you know, region, how that affected him, and I didn't want to bother him Monday game. I mean, it was a weird week, right? I, I still, I, I've been on multiple radio shows this week to dissect and to dive into Clemson's loss to Duke 28-7, and every show I want to say, well, you know, it's hard to believe what you saw on Saturday. Well, it, it would be, but it was Monday. But those are in the rear view, and we look forward now to tomorrow's matchup against Charleston Southern in Death Valley. And joining us now from the classic city of Athens, Georgia, he is Luke Winstall. Luke, what's up, big guy? Welcome in, man. How are you? Thank you. Doing great, Lon. Appreciate you having me on. How are you? Man, I'm good. Happy Friday. A little college football looming. I mean, big games all across the country. We could certainly talk about that, but I want to ask you just a little bit uh, about what you saw during Clemson's loss to the Duke Blue Devils, man. What a shocking result. No doubt about it. It was one of those where I said, okay, you know, things are at halftime going all right. It's not a clean game, but second half, I was sitting there and I kept waiting for the real Clemson to show up. I kept waiting for the kid Klubnik. We saw, you know, Lawton sit next to each other in Charlotte last year when he comes in and throws three straight touchdown passes and we're looking at each other like, there's a future. Yeah, I remember that's one of those moments from last year that I don't think I'll ever forget. And I was waiting for that to happen. I'm sitting there looking at the game. I'm, I'm waiting for the moment where I can look over at somebody and say, 
that's the team that we had talked about for the past month building up and writing these articles and writing these preview stories of there it is. And we almost had those moments on the goal line a few times and in the red zone and the second half, I mean, I'm sure you've mentioned this, but no points and no punts. And you somehow have that happen on six drives and a half. And when I was looking to write that article at the end of the game, the kind of sidebar column type of story that we did, the learned, loved, loathe, and right. looking at that, I had to sit there for about 15 minutes and say, okay, I know what I just saw, but how do I digest that? Where do I go? And I sat there and I was like, huh. It's a little bit of a state of shock, and it's nothing like I'm sure what the team was experiencing, but it, it was something that I think a lot of the fans can relate to. Of You sit there and you're like, what did I just see? Like a minute 41 to go, the Duke students are in the back of the end zone ready to run on the field. Like, who would have thought that that was even possible? So after you know putting some thoughts together, that's kind of where we went with it, and the biggest thing to me is hey, you know, talent acquisition, there's been some misses, and I understand you're going to miss in recruiting, you're going to have guys that transfer, but now when you have, you know, near 10 guys that transferred out last year, and some of those were highly rated players, some of those, like, may not have totally been missed evaluations, looking at a couple that played last week, DJ, and then one of the linebackers that went to Colorado and got playing time immediately. You look at those and you say, and you didn't replace that with anybody except some guys that are fresh out of high school and that's fine long term I get it for strategy but when you look at you know you needed help now at certain positions and I just there had been some concern of hit wide receiver been addressed I know that's something that's been talked about a lot this week but there's still a ways to go in that room and there's some players that were on the field that I said you know you know I don't really know how they belong as as a player getting so many snaps at Clemson yeah, well, Audrey. That. Yeah, Audrey wrote us, and she said, yeah. "Why are our quarterbacks seeming to have confidence problems? Is it because of the wide receivers?" So I'll ask you. I mean, you're a big recruiting guy. You you knew all of these guys when they were coming out of high school. I mean, what is it at this point in your mind? I mean, is a big part of the issue that Clemson's seeing, Luke? I mean, is that just confidence of the quarterback because of maybe a a, a lack of a playmaker, so to speak, or a guy that can just go up and take that? Uh, 80, you know, that 80 20 ball and turn it into a 50 50 play. I think this is something that going forward, one of the storylines I told you a lot, and, you know, we called last week and I said, here's a couple of things I'm watching. I was watching left tackle and I was watching freshman immediate impact of who would do that. Now, going forward, I want to watch, you know, is Brining Stool going to get more involved at tight end, but also who's going to be Cade's number one target? Who's that receiver that's going to really grow on him? And there were a couple of ideas, but I think right now, unless you're really somebody that is inside, inside that program, like a member of the team, I don't think we have a great idea of who his, his number one is. Maybe it's Williams, maybe it's Collins, maybe it is another player that finds their way into the picture, but I'll be interested to see who's the number one. And right now, Clemson doesn't have that elite threat. I think Bryant Wesco in the 24 class, as long as he stays committed and signs on, which you know, still sounds like a pretty sure thing at this point, but he's one of those that comes in and you say that's the the number one target type of player, but right now I just I don't see that on this team, and I think that does contribute to, for Kate, it seems like there's a little hesitation. The pocket presence is something that I know a lot of people have mentioned, and I think it comes from the fact that you can't be like Joe Burrow and say, oh, you know, Jamar Chase is down there somewhere. Like, he's going to go get it for me. 
I don't think there is that level of confidence with the receivers for Caden. I think that can be a bit of an issue for a young quarterback. Well, and I watched a YouTube video that was kind of breaking down some of Clemson's offensive woes, and, and a lot of it pointed to, to Brenningstool. And, and Brenningstool's, well, some of it was his blocking, the other was his route running. And, you know, I do kind of wonder, looking at Clemson right now, that tight end spot, uh, not saying that it's not Jake Brenningstool's by any means, but it, can he get his game up to the level where they might need it in order to increase the confidence for Cade Klubnick. Josh chimes into the program, checking out. He says, hey, man, look, Chad Morris, his offense started out slow. Uh, his second game, we almost lost to Walford. And then the next game, we took out the defending national champions in Auburn. All that's true. That was a 35-27 game uh, back September the 10th, 2011. And then they beat uh, they beat Auburn the next game. And I remember that's the the quote where Dabo Sweeney came out and said, I can't think of a better place for the, the street to get snapped than Death Valley, South Carolina, baby. So, I mean, would you say that it's fair that, you know, that was just game one under Garrett Riley? And 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 look, on all these shows I've, I've gone on this week, people have asked me, do I still think this team can contend for a national title? Can they get back in the mix? It's way too early to say they're out, right? If you run the table yeah. and win the Atlantic Coast Conference and your one loss is Duke and you shot yourself in the foot as many times as Clemson did, that's a forgivable loss. The thing that you can't do is lose that game and say week 9 or 10 and maybe hope to get back in. But I'll ask you, how much of the hiccups were just, Luke, in your opinion, on the fact that this is a brand new uh, offense, so to speak, with Garrett Riley taking over? This is one thing that we wrote about as well of I'd mentioned I think a lot of people including myself expected more immediate success out of this offensive look and I think understanding in the moment it's shocking even in a day or two after it's a shocking you know how do we come to terms with what just happened right and once you get past that I think personally it took me about a day to kind of be like wait you know this is not you know some kind of existential crisis here this is something that yes this was bad and yes there are issues and there are plenty of problems and there are things we can point to to have these problems not come up in the future, like what we said with talent acquisition. But through this, I mean, there's still plenty of time in the season with it being just game one. Think about historically, it's a lot easier to overcome in the eyes of a playoff committee an early loss rather than a late loss. And looking at that for Clemson, it's okay. You know, you still control your own destiny. And right. the biggest thing that helps too, I think, is this schedule has the strength of if Clemson goes and beats FSU, beats Notre Dame, beats UNC, beats South Carolina, some of those maybe games that we might circle in red on our calendar, people can't really doubt Clemson. That's enough to prove yourself. That's enough to say, okay, week one, everything was new, maybe weren't prepared the way that the team should have been, and you move on. So because of the strength of schedule in my eyes, that's the thing that this team's going to be tested if they can prove themselves in the future and play with that level of competition and the way that their roster is built to. I mean, there's positions where there's more gaps than maybe there should be, but most of the positions on this roster are solid. There's a good bit of depth. It's a top five to top seven roster in college football. There's no reason that they can't compete here, that they can't turn things around. So it's one coming in. You've got this period with the couple of games, Charleston Southern, Florida Atlantic, and then the week leading into Florida State. There's time to correct things, even if they're just the small details that would get you a win over Duke if you'd done them correctly. So those kinds of things, to me, are, are very much able to be in the cards for Clemson. Yeah, we had nearly 150 comments. By the way, follow Luke on Twitter, at Luke Winstall, covers recruiting for us, does a, 
an incredible job. I'm sure he'll be out at some high school football games tonight. We'll hear about that in a minute. But Dabo Sweeney was asked about that roster construction question, and we kind of posed you know, that follow-up to people, what are their thoughts on it? Because he says it didn't have anything to do with us getting beat by Duke. And and I agree. Like, every the, the facets that Clemson lost that game weren't about their inability to move the ball. Their, you know, it, it all came down to some fundamental mistakes that they made that are correctable. And and that's where I think in this side of the, the business, I go, okay, I'm not, I'm not pressing the panic button where fans like to press it. I say, you know what, you roll out there, you see what happens in a few weeks against Florida State, and then you know. You get walloped by Florida State, you go, well, looks like this team isn't quite constructed the way that we once thought. You go out there and beat Florida State, it's a complete reset, move forward with the season and see where you go. All right, Luke, some more questions. Um, Josh says, hey, Luke, has the defense taken a step back? Are they a slow defense in the secondary? And what about the defensive line getting no sacks? I'm worried about a shootout. Uh, a la FSU. Yeah, thank you for the question there. So, loaded a few things um, into that (laughs) one. So, when you look at the defensive construction here, first off, I like the freshman. It was 22 snaps each, I think, for Peter Woods and Tamarion Parker. Both of them, if you look at some of the PFF numbers, graded out well. I can't get used to calling him TJ Parker. I just can't get used to it. Oh, no. Yeah, it's going to take me a while. I'm sorry. The... (laughs) You know, I, I I don't like it either, but yeah. Hey, if he likes it, I'll learn it. But I'm just so used to in in recruiting. It's kind of funny, you know. All these guys, or a lot of the top guys, have nicknames and stuff. And I'll go out there and kind of go with the government name, you know. And and I've always been that guy. And uh, for TJ, we'll call him. He he came out and he proved more than I kind of expected for a first impression. I thought he'd get you know in here and there, but. I look at him and I say, shoot, you know, how long until he's a starter? You know, I mean, that seems like one of those that he's going to press at his position. So I liked that. Um, some of the immediate impact we saw was good. And then let's see, Lawton, the rest of that question there, we talked about. Oh, sorry. That was, was a, just... a multi-parter, I think. Are they a slow defense? I think it's hard to tell. I, you know, Barrett Carter mentioned – the linebacker group is interesting. I was talking with Tyrese a little while ago, who also works on the site, and he was. We were kind of breaking it down. Of the linebacker group looked a little slower than I thought they would. And Barry Carter talked about in the press conference. I know a lot of people got on him about it. I'm not, you know, about to, you know, fire any shots or anything. I just think that as the season goes on, those types of things stop being an issue. I think Barrett. And Jeremiah Trotter have most of the bulk of the snaps on them, and they know that because there's not a lot of depth in that linebacker group. And that's something that Clemson has to address in recruiting. Same thing for Wade Woodhead's getting close to 30 snaps. Like, those are your guys. There's not a whole lot behind them. And what is behind them, we don't know what we're looking at yet as we evaluate this program. So looking at some of those things of, hey, those guys have got to know that the load's on them. They'll get into better shape as they go. The defensive line seems to be able to rotate, so not as much worried about the speed there. And then defensive backs, that was one group that, to me, I think there's a ton of potential in terms of talent. There's some guys that we look at, you know, Makuba, Wiggins, those could be draft picks. Mickens should be a draft pick and a senior bowl type of player. So seeing them come together, I feel like that secondary hasn't meshed yet. I didn't feel like we saw a great group at, at all times there in the secondary. 
Luke, we won't answer this next question right now, but this will give you an idea of, of how big that Clemson-South Carolina rivalry is because Kyle writes in and says, are we going to beat USC? He just wants to know, <laughs> just cut to November, <laughs> what's, what's yep. going to happen in Williams-Brice Stadium? Kyle, man, appreciate the question. We'll definitely talk about that one as we roll along. The Gamecocks might have their hands full this weekend against a really good Furman team. I know South Carolina is only favored by about 24 points, but – that's a good Furman squad, and I'm, I'm intrigued by the new clock rules. Uh, I still think that that's going to give some some opponents opportunities against bigger programs to shorten the game, minimize possessions, and if, and if you can capitalize on a couple of mistakes, you can make it a close one. I'm not calling for an upset for Furman to beat South Carolina, uh, but I know this, the Gamecock offensive line better play better than they did uh, against North Carolina because, my goodness, there were some gaping holes. Yeah, and I looked at that game. I said, wow, either UNC's defense is really good or South Carolina's offensive line is really bad. And I said, ah, you know, I'm going to have to settle somewhere in the middle here yeah. and just give some props to UNC and just say South Carolina. You know, if they don't have that done, that could be a game where maybe TJ Parker does come out and say, hey, I'm the man. Or Peter Woods says, you know, hey, this is a game that fans are going to remember me for. Because otherwise, even with those two being freshmen, I didn't see people on that. South Carolina offensive line yet that could come out and and defend like that and I also look at they need that 24 class the offensive lineman to get in there now I mean Cam Pringle and Josiah Thompson and Blake Franks that big three in-state guys that a lot of the high school football fans around South Carolina have gotten to know those are highly rated players they're going to the Gamecocks that program I they need them bad because that O-line you know They've got to get that infusion, and they'll they'll have it coming if they keep those guys committed and signed. All right, Luke, so give us a rundown, man. He's on Twitter, at Luke Winstall. You want to follow him. I'm sure there'll probably be a photo gallery by tomorrow morning. Uh, give us the scoop. Yep. Where are you going to be tonight? What game you watching? Who's the big player? Yeah, it's about time we go and check in on Champ Thompson. He is transferred from Meadow Creek to Gainesville. I know, you know Clemson fans know Gainesville from Deshaun Watson. People in Georgia know Gainesville, of course, is a competitive program for decades now. They'd had a little lull, but they've come back because now they've got Coach Niblett over from Alabama, won a bunch of state championships over there. So some of those Clemson players now that are from Alabama are familiar with Niblett's work, and he's got quite the reputation. He's a coach that has made headlines from being paid in six figures to coach high school football. So if that tells you the magnitude of the program and the college prep that he runs, he's brought in transfers and it's not just guys that are hoping to get to the collegiate level it's a guy like champ thompson that was already committed to clemson and was right. already had these offers but came over and they made the move and everything you know legal and done correctly and he's over there for the college prep experience that he's getting they're over there you know hey this program's going to get you ready for clemson and it's going to get you ready to jump in early so it's something that i'm interested to see where his development is his father played for the Atlanta Falcons, Michael Thompson. So those kinds of things are interesting. I've seen him here and there, but never gotten to see him play a game. And he's a four-star, generally consensus four-star player on the D-line. It was Nick Easton's first get in the 2024 class at that position before Kevin Brown Schuler jumped in as the second defensive lineman. So both of those guys are not too far away from the Metro Atlanta area. Heaven's in the Metro Atlanta area and Easton's pulling more and more out of Georgia. So, you know, being in the area, he'll be playing Clark Central. So Gainesville's number one in the 6A classification, second highest. Clark Central is in 5A, the class below that, and they're a top 10 team as well. 
So it should be a good test of competition. We're expecting Thompson to be doubled, sometimes maybe even triple teamed. It's very disruptive. So we'll see, you know, what we get in terms of highlights, but it sounds like opposing teams so far have just tried to take him out of the game and let everyone else handle it. So we'll see what Champ's able to do and, you know, see how impressive he can be. We'll follow Luke on Twitter at Luke Winstall. Luke, buddy, always appreciate you joining us on a Friday afternoon, my man. Awesome. Thank you for having me on and looking forward to tomorrow. Yeah, he'll be in Death Valley, so enjoy that. Probably taking photos and doing it all. He's Luke Winstall, folks. Go follow him. Again, as he joins us every Friday afternoon. Don't forget, coming up in Hour 2, we'll have Tommy Bowden. For those of you watching the live stream, we're going to pull away from a few minutes. We'll come back, though, with a second stream with Tommy Bowden on the show. Again, former Clemson Tiger head coach. So, quick break. We'll come back with more right here on Fox Sports Radio 1400 The Midlands and around the world on the iHeart Radio application. Rocking and rolling along with you on a Friday afternoon. Tommy Bowden coming up. That was Luke Winston before the break. I'm not gonna lie. I'm I've I, you know double O double O. I I hate, absolutely hate having to admit that that double O is right. <laughs> Just kills me. But I have I have enjoyed double O. Getting back to doing uh, the opening segment live. We'll probably start doing the opening segment of each hour live for people over on Facebook. I don't want to do. I hate to tell. I hate to say this. I don't want to do two hours live for on the stream for a couple of reasons. Um, one, because I just feel like you guys are staring at me the whole time. Uh, and no, but two, honestly, I like to do the little cut-ups for our other social media channels, and they're easier to do if I'm not streaming the show. Um, so that's, that's me being a little selfish. Uh, but if we give you 40 minutes of the two-hour program, that's not a, that's not a bad day. Not to mention, Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If we do the two hours, it can't be re-racked. And what I mean by that is... The platform that we use, which I'm not overly happy with, um, we'll find out when Tommy Bowden's on. Nobody said that it's been glitchy, but in the past it's been glitchy, and it frustrates me when it glitches because I ended up upping my my internet service to like the highest level possible. I won't say the name right now because I know this company and ESPN are having a dispute, and a lot of you don't want to talk about this company either spectrum uh but i use their streaming service and so you would think you know with the highest speed i'd never get a glitch but i do and and the company that i use to stream has never been able to tell me why and i tried another one and it didn't glitch um but i was an early adopter god this is where cheap swanee comes out i was an my and my wife knows cheap swanee Believe me. And I was an early adopter to this platform. So I have it at like a $50 discounted rate for the rest of the time that I use it. And so if I'm just being honest with you, 
You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! I mean, if I'm being honest, the only reason that we are still using this for the $50 discount, and it's one of those where it's a $50 discount, um, only because I haven't had to re-up at their new price, and that only happened if I quit. So it's not like it's cheap. It's just cheaper than it will be if I quit. So I'm I'm that guy. So for so you you can you can you can uh, you know swindle me for fifty dollars a month. I'll stick with your platform. You just save me fifty bucks, and I'm I'm there. So that's the, that's the truth behind it all. Again, 803-450-0086. If you want to be a part of the program, we would love to hear from you here on a Friday afternoon. Don't forget, Tommy Bowden going to be joining us in hour number two. If you've been around this program for the decade that we've been on the air, which is still a, if I'm being honest, uh, is a stunning number for me. But for the decade that we have been on the air, Tommy Bowden has been a huge part of this program. And because of that fact, you know, we have him on every week on a Friday. And there's been the occasion that we've missed him for whatever reason. But last week, remember, Monday was Labor Day. Clemson wasn't playing until Monday. Uh, the, hur- the hurricane had just come through the state of Florida. And I know he doesn't live in the area that was directly affected, but he lives a lot closer to any area that was affected than we do here in the state of South Carolina. And I know we had some parts of our state that were hit, but nothing like what Florida dealt with. And I was like, you know what? The game's Monday, not a big deal. If I could have foreseen that Clemson was going to lose that game, there would have been no doubt I would have dialed up Coach Bowden and had him come on and talk about that. Because he was the head coach. The last time that Clemson lost to the Duke Blue Devils, I never will forget that game. To give you an idea of how long ago that game was, okay? And and you you can prove me wrong if you want to. But in 2004, a 16 to 13 loss to the Duke Blue Devils on the road. Clemson, as I recall, missed a late field goal that would have tied the game. Here's what I remember about that. It was not on television. Now think about that. The game was not televised. When's the last time you had a game that you couldn't watch somewhere? Now I know you, you have games like South Carolina and Firm is not televised anywhere, but you can catch the stream and watch it. In 04, Clemson-Duke, you couldn't catch a stream to watch that game. There was no stream of that. It's hard to believe, hard to believe that the Tigers have been beaten in Durham. I don't I, I won't say as frequently as they have been. But if you just kind of look at the pattern, starting in 1989, I was there for that one. Danny Ford Losing to Steve Spurrier, 21-17. In 1994, Tommy West losing to Fred Goldsmith, 19-13. In 
In 98, Tommy West losing to Goldsmith, 28-23. That's a fireable offense. And he was fired. So was uh, Fred Goldsmith that year as well. Uh, but then you have Tommy Bowden go up there and lose in 04. And now, unbelievably, Dabo Sweeney getting beat in 2023 with multiple national championships in his back pocket. 28 to 7, man. I mean, that score. I'm not sure that score is indicative of, of how tightly contested that game was into the fourth quarter. Again, that fumble that Tristan Lee, by the way, we put that out on social media. Go check it out on our TikTok account. That fumble that Tristan Lee takes accountability for uh, was a huge play and swung the momentum uh, in a hurry up in Durham. 803-450-0086. All right, quick break. We'll come back with more right here on the Friday edition of the show that shakes the Southland. It's Clemson Sports Talk on Fox Sports Radio 1400. The show that shakes the Southland, Clemson Sports Talk, Lawton Swan. Tommy Bowden coming up in hour two. You're going to love the conversation there with the former Clemson Tiger head coach. Uh, but, you know, after Bowden was fired, Dabo Sweeney, took over the program and started the Tiger Walk. And the Tiger Walk, at first, I'll be honest, have been to it a couple of times, a handful of times. Don't really partake in the Tiger Walk. I'm sure some people absolutely love it. I don't hate it by any means. Um, but it has grown in magnitude and scope since it began and it's taking, I would make the argument, its biggest leap yet. Now, we wanted to have Tracy Sweeney, Dabo Sweeney's brother, on the show to talk about it because he's kind of, you know, he's one of the, uh, I forget, let me look up real quick. Let me throw this in my Google machine uh, to find out uh, Tracy Sweeney's, you know, title at Clemson uh, because I, I do want to know a little bit more about the situation with you know his day-to-day -day operations around his brother, um, the security. You know he is the. Let's see. Here we go. Where is where is it, man? Because Dabo's. It's hard to search for. Because Dabo shows up when you look for. Um, I got his card. Hold up. <laughs> I got his card right here. Here we go. Faster, faster. All the all the uh the the nine. Tech-savvy people are like, just grab the card. He is the director of football security and a community liaison. That's Tracy Sweeney's job. I bring that up because I'm interested to kind of know what his role, you know, the capacity of timing of events, all that entails. But I believe with some of the changes that are being made to Tiger Walk, and I, I don't know this, and I wanted to have him on, and maybe it's on ClemsonTigers.com, and I just hadn't seen it. But with that taking place, the way they've changed it, I think they're going to be able to pull the buses off of the road, which means traffic will not have to stop for this event, which to me is a huge deal. Because when that traffic stopped, it was like 20, 30, 35 minutes for Tiger Walk to take place. And I know it doesn't seem like it would take that long, but all the players get off the buses, and then the people are hugging them and greeting them. But that thing is blown up. I mean, they're going to have the, the walkway paved, 
Uh, Jim Brown and his wife, the Brown family, uh, were a big part of funding that. I don't know if they paid for all of it or a lot of it or whatever, but it's lined with all the captains from the first captains of the Clemson football team all the way to the most recent. They've got some tigers out there. They've got the big kind of archway that says Tiger Walk. They renovated the stadium so that you walk right into the middle of the stadium. I mean, it, it, listen, it's really neat. Um, I know people are angry about all the trees being gone, but the trees aren't gone. Okay, it's amazing to me. I, I love you. I love you guys. But some of you just you just blow things up. It is incredible. Yes, the trees that are there now aren't very big. That's what happens when you redo a lot and you put new trees in. But at some point down the road, those trees will grow. They will grow, and they will provide ample shade. That will happen. So don't don't get all worked up about a year, two, three years. I mean, they they can't plant. Well, maybe they can plant full grown oaks. I don't know what they end up doing at Toomer's Corner in Auburn when that oak tree got poisoned. Did they end up? Did they plant some? Did that end up working out? How did? What was the end of that story? I don't know. Honestly, I don't remember. I remember the guy called up like Paul Feinbaum show and said he had poisoned them. And then, sure enough, they started dying. I'm, I hate to laugh. I mean, I, I, I do remember vividly saying, though, at, at some point along the way, um, that's what happens when you have a live, a, a live, like, mascot or a live tree as a part of your thing. And yes, I get it. Those trees probably would have lived another 20, 30 years, but they're a lightning strike away from being dead anyway. It's like Ugga. What's Georgia on? Like Ugga 37? I mean, Georgia, the Bulldog mascot, the breed that they have, I don't know a lot about them, but I'm pretty sure they have bad respiratory issues and don't live very long. Georgia goes through Bulldogs over there like crazy. Not to mention that, and and I do not know this. This is all speculation, but um, I would not be surprised if that the, the the bulldog that is Ugga is inbred from the same line of dogs that maybe the first Ugga was from. Like it's probably the same. It, that that can't be good. That's definitely not good for humans. I can't imagine that's good for dogs. But maybe they're not. Maybe they're breeding outside of the 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 line, the lineage. I I, I know nothing about breeding dogs okay and that's probably obvious at this point but you know if you want a mascot that's going to linger around like maryland the terrapins dude now there's a mascot worth investing in a turtle that joker will be around (laughs) you could you could keep it in a little aquarium in the stadium oh man are you kidding me genius you know, we talked with Tim Bray earlier this summer about the time that Clemson had a live tiger in Death Valley. They've had it twice, uh, but for photos, not for a game day. But then Clemson gets a vet school, and the first thing people start thinking is, oh, man, wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it be awesome if we had a tiger <laughs> at Clemson? Because for years, LSU uh, had Mike the Tiger. Let's see if they still have him. Mike the Tiger. I'm looking. 
Sounds like sounds like he is still there. They built him a $3.7 million, 1,500-square-foot uh, environment for Mike the Tiger. Man, that is cool looking. He doesn't get as much love as he used to. What I always said you should do, if you had a Tiger mascot like this, is build, like, he doesn't have to live at Death Valley, but I could see a situation where you have, like, uh, an area under the stadium where he could prowl and you could see him, like, behind the glass wall. Oh, now that, that would be awesome. All right, put a bow in hour one next. Stick with us. Final segment of hour number one here on a Friday afternoon, 803-450-0086. Tommy Bowden coming up in hour two. We'll update you on some of the big games going on around the country here in just a few minutes. Obviously, uh, the eyes of America will be in Tuscaloosa as Alabama and Texas face off. They played a tight game a year ago in Austin, and they will play tomorrow uh, in what is certainly going to be the the marquee game, I would say, around the country. That matchup between Alabama and Texas gets rocking and rolling at 7 o'clock on ESPN. So that's, in my opinion, the biggest game to tune in and check out. Uh, there are certainly other matchups that are intriguing. Uh, Notre Dame, most notably. I think taking on, well, I don't think taking <laughs> Yeah, bro. Listen, well, I, was about <laughs> I was about to say, do you ever say something and you go, that's not, that didn't sound right. But you guys probably don't, um, you know, you're not behind a microphone where you say things like that and, and it feels strange. Um, obviously, <laughs> Notre Dame's facing NC State. But I was talking uh, to a guy who's a Notre Dame fan and I was asking him, hey, man, you, you want to come up and watch them when they face Clemson later this season? Uh, and he said, no, he's never been to a Notre Dame game. But he said, no, the first time I go, it's got to be uh, in Notre Dame at South Bend. So there you go. Uh, that matchup, though, between Notre Dame and NC State is a noon kickoff on ABC. Uh, Notre Dame's the number 10-ranked team in the country. The top-ranked team in America also kicks off at noon. That's the Georgia Bulldogs. They host Ball State. That game's going to be on the SEC Network. Number five, Ohio State hosts Youngstown State at noon on the Big Ten Network. Number seven, Penn State hosting Delaware. You can catch that one on Peacock. <laughs> Peacock. At noon on ESPN, Baylor hosts number 12. Sorry. Number 12, Utah. Uh, that's a noon kickoff there. Then number 16, Kansas State hosting Troy. Uh, noon on FS1. Noon on Fox. Deion Sanders versus Nebraska. It's Colorado. Number 22, the Buffaloes taking on Nebraska. A couple of coaches uh, in their first season. Matt Rule taking over out there for the Cornhuskers. Looking to get that program headed in the right direction. They lost a heartbreaker last weekend. And to Minnesota, and now they catch up with prime time. That game is a noon kickoff, as I mentioned, on Fox. That is a 10 o'clock kickoff in Boulder, Colorado. 
And I'll, I'll say this. I don't know if you've ever been there. I, I talked about this during the NBA Finals. I've been to Boulder. Man, the air is literally, it's thin there, man. It's a different, so you travel to play at Colorado. It's a true home field advantage. Your blood oxygen level is a lot lower uh, in in that environment. Uh, Clemson, 25th team, 25th ranked team in the country uh, on the ACC Network at 215, hosting Charleston Southern. It's the first time the Tigers and the Buccaneers have ever faced off. Number two, Michigan at 330, hosting UNLV on CBS. Number 24, Tulane. Tommy Bowden, who's coming up around the bend. Tulane Green Wave, they host number 20, Ole Miss, 330, ESPN2. Miami hosts Texas A&M, 330 on ABC. That's a big game for the Atlantic Coast Conference. Just based off of what the ACC's already done to the SEC, would be huge for Miami uh, if they could find a way to win that game as well. Uh, also, number eight, Washington on the Pac-12 Network at five, hosting Tulsa. Number nine, Tennessee at five on ESPN Plus, hosting the Governors of Austin P. Number 17, North Carolina hosting App State on the ACC Network at 515. Remember, App State beat North Carolina last season. Brent Venables in Oklahoma hosting SMU at 6 o'clock on ESPN+. Plus. Number 21, Duke hosting Louisiana Lafayette at 6 o'clock on ESPN+, Plus as well. Uh, you've also got Pittsburgh hosting Cincinnati. That's an ACC Big 12 matchup, 630 on the CW. That CW debut, check it out. Uh, and then I mentioned before that 7 o'clock kickoff on ESPN Alabama. Number three, the number three-ranked Crimson Tide taking on number 11, Texas. Also, number 13, Oregon goes to Texas Tech. A 7 o'clock start on Fox tomorrow. Then you've also got number 14, LSU at 7.30 on ESPN Plus hosting Grambling. Number 19, Wisconsin. Ches Malusi had a big game last weekend. The former Clemson Tiger running back. They're at Washington State, 7.30 on ABC. You've got South Carolina hosting Furman, 7.30 on ESPN+. That game's a 20-some-odd point spread for the Gamecocks, but that is a better Furman team than probably a lot of Gamecock fans believe. Uh, they are the sixth-ranked team uh, in the FCS. Let's see. If there's any other matchups out there, number four, Florida State, 830 on the ACC Network hosting Southern Miss. DJ, ooh, wee, Ungalale, and number 16, Oregon State at 9 o'clock on the Pac-12 Network hosting UC Davis. Number six, Southern Cal, 1030 on Fox hosting Stanford. Cal at 1030 on ESPN hosting Auburn. And then Arizona State hosting Oklahoma State at 10.30 on FS1. And if you're just, just getting your fix of college football on, at 11.59, Hawaii hosts the University of Albany. Too bad that game's not televised. 11.59 p.m., that game kicks off. I'll tell you what, we're going to kick off with Tommy Bowden. He was not here last week. Maybe that's the jinx. Maybe that's why Clemson lost to Duke. I'll take the blame. I'll take the heat for Tiger Nation that's angry and frustrated uh, about Clemson getting beat. Are we clear? Yes, sir. Are we clear, Crystal? All my fault. All right, Tommy Bowden, right around the bend. With a quick break, we'll come back with more right here 
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. On the show, that shakes the Southland. is Clemson Sports Talk on Fox Sports Radio 1400 the Midlands and around the world on the iHeartRadio app. It's time for Clemson Sports Talk with Lawton Swan. Just call me Swanny. Tiger Style. Tiger Style. Is our number two. That's drive time right here on the show that shakes the Southland. Clemson Sports Talk, Lawton Swan hanging out with you. And joining us now is former Clemson Tiger head coach Tommy Bowden. Coach Bowden, welcome in. Hope you're well. And thanks for being back on the program once again. Well, I don't know how many years we've done this, but it gets better every year. Man, I'll tell you, it's been over a decade, if you can believe it. But uh, your insight into the program uh, is incredible. And I, I know for Tiger fans, they're grateful to hear from you. So catch us up. How have you been? I know we give you basically the whole summer off. Has there been a big vacation? <laughs> now, you know, went on a uh, Footsteps of Paul tour over in Greece and Rome and uh, Turkey. In fact, went with Brad Scott and, and his wife, Daryl, about a two-week tour over there. And then, uh, of course, my family and I always go on a family vacation. And uh, I take my, just my immediate family we go. On uh, for a week somewhere, where my kids pick out a little resort, all inclusive. I'm taking my little rugrat grandkids, but uh, my mother's 91st birthday was last week. So oh, nice! We all about 35 of us went to Tallahassee, watched uh, Florida State take on LSU, and uh, and uh, but but have had a good summer. Thanks for asking. Yeah, I, I'll say this: I, I would imagine it's a little bit easier to spend the money on the grandkids than it was on the kids. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is, but you know the bad thing about my my grandson, two of them are six or two of them nine. They used to eat up chicken fingers, chicken fingers, French fries. Now they have discovered steak. Oh, and that's gonna have to get. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to go back and get me another uh, another job just to feed them steak every time we go out. Uh, you'll be you'll be all right. I already told my son. I said, listen, if you're <laughs> smart, don't don't be an engineer, don't be a doctor. Figure out how to be a coach. You'll be all right. Figure out how to be a coach. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Figure out how to be a coach and be fired. <laughs> <laughs> there he goes. Tommy Bell. Okay. Really so you mentioned Florida State, and I, I think, you know, fans, short for fanatic, we know that, you know that. Yeah. I feel like fans absolutely overreact to everything. And yes, the loss at Duke was inexcusable with the talent, you know, discrepancy in these two programs. But I think it has even been magnified because of how Florida State looked against LSU. So Give me your thoughts. Obviously, you had a game up in Durham that you lost back in '04. Uh, give me your thoughts right. on what 
kind of Dabo Sweeney's been dealing with coming off of a Monday night game where the whole country's watching, huge expectations, and then you just shoot yourself in the foot over and over. Yeah, well, you'll you, they'll struggle with that identity until they get another game of national exposure and, and win. So they'll have to deal with that. But he's not used to it because it hasn't happened very often. But I, I was thinking about when you were going to call, you know, a, a perspective, a different little perspective on the conference. Because Clemson has created a monster. And, and Clemson was so far ahead of everybody else in this conference. And a lot of it had to do facility-wise. They, their facilities were just better than anybody in the country. But all of a sudden, Florida State says, wait a minute. We, we better do that. Duke says, wait a minute. We better do that. Miami, for years, Miami could not find land. I'm sorry, well, there's no land. We got water on three sides of us. The, <laughs> the university's land, it's locked in there. Sure enough, they found land to do it. Virginia Tech, North Carolina, used to have the best in conference, uh, used to have best facilities when I was coaching, but now they fall behind. They're now picking up. So, so that has allowed these schools like Duke to create a better athlete and more athletic guy, a team, as you can see at Duke. And uh, unfortunately, I don't think Clemson will play this bad again offensively, at least, at least with the turnovers. Not they played bad, but they played, you know, they turned the ball over. But there's going to be uh, some teams now that are on their schedule that, are, that, that, that that's environment that they, that's good for the conference. It's bad for Clemson because now, man, you better play. If you play bad like they did, they used to win those games because, but now they're going to have a hard time. But, 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 Lawton, to give you an idea how good, how Duke, good Duke is, I coached there in the 80s and I coached there 12 or 13, whatever years ago I was at Clemson as a head coach. They're a lot more athletic than I've seen them, especially on defensively. Big guys that can run. And just to give you an idea, if you give Clemson those two scores, and you let them make both those field goals, they still lose by a point. And they lose by more than that if you take, take Clemson's score off, it, off because that uh, fumble down deep in their territory on the punt. So this, this, this team's for real, and, and, and uh, Duke, Duke is. So I know the fans get awful disappointed, but uh, they've created that. That, that fan base has created this monster because everybody says, Wait a minute. We we better catch Clemson. So Clemson has has set the standard, which is good. They just it, you just can't lose lose that game. So how do how do you turn the page as as a program? You know, how does the coach get his guys to to right the ship in this scenario? The, the, the only way is W's. You got you got you just got to win. Obviously, they're gonna win. Uh oh, we lost Coach Bowden there. So we'll uh. We'll try to get him back. I know some people are saying they couldn't hear the audio on the stream, so I've also got to figure that one out. So uh, we'll try to get him back up uh, right here real quick and then uh, see if we can't figure out why uh, that went away. So I'll call Coach Bowden back, and uh, we'll punch him in here on the show this afternoon. Again, I'm not sure. We lost him for a second. He's out there on a bike ride today. Coach, we lost you for a second. I'm yeah, I'm stationary. I'm, I found me a. It's, I, I'm out here with receptions, not real good. But I've, I've I've stopped my bike ride to talk to you. But you know, the, the only way you, you say, well, how can you kind of stop it or replace it or get drain it out of your system is you got to win. I bet that's it. And uh, and Clemson will do it again. They're going to be a. They're going to be in the conversation at the end of the year, like they always are. They have to go through some not growing pains, but some of these pains of. Of an embarrassing loss on TV, you know that's just uh, 
fan base doesn't like it, and they're going to complain a little bit. But uh, Dabo, they have set the standards so high, it just it the, the drop off is, is so yeah. far. You know, when this ha- when this happens, that's kind of the, the growing pain that they're going through. Again, Tommy Bowden's on Twitter at Tommy underscore Bowden, the former Clemson Tiger head coach. So. When you kind of take a look at what Florida State did, you know how much in your mind does that sort of exacerbate things? And talk about the job that's been done down there under Mike Norvell using the transfer portal and really building that program. You know, I was talking to somebody the other day, either an AD or, or another coach, and I, what is so appealing about Florida State that here the uh, receiver from Michigan State, the defensive lineman from Western Michigan, well, I mean, there's other programs, uh, Tennessee, Florida, Auburn, Alabama, Clemson, that have great facilities that have, that are just as appealing. Why has Mike Norvell, and there's something about his salesmanship in that in that area, strictly as a transfer portal and talking to a guy that's established himself, because they only deal with established players, uh, there's something about his, his sales pitch when he talks to them that uh, that these players are, 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 are have bought into right. because he doesn't just do it with a couple of them. The tight end from South Carolina, the defensive line, Western Michigan, the wide receiver, then the wide receiver for Arizona State the year before that. He's done it with numerous players, so uh, he's 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 got a skill for it, and uh, um, it'll be interesting to see how Dabo adapts if he does it, want to adapt into that transfer transfer portal area. Yeah, no, I agree. And, I mean, obviously he's used it a little bit. Paul Tyson, the grandson of uh, legendary Alabama head coach Bear Bryant's on the, on the team. He's gotten Adam Randall's yeah. younger brother on the team. So he's used it, but it's been used sparingly. I, I think the bigger question, yeah. and I brought this up several times to, to people when I've been on the radio recently, uh, and that is, are we going to cross over to the point uh, where players who are on scholarship currently and are making – you know, let's say a guy's making $150,000 in NIL, where a coach could approach that right. kid and say, hey, man, look, we can go out and get a five-star wideout and bring him in, but we don't have the, the scholarship room for him. Could you pay your own way for a, a, a year? You know, would, would you see coaches <laughs> ever going to that type of model? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, and you can do it because now that they have the money. You know, years ago, there's no way, with, you know, most of the schools I've dealt with, and you've probably dealt with in the Southeast, and, uh, some of the socioeconomic status of a lot of these states in the Southeast is, is not high up on the income brackets and uh, poverty level. So uh, uh, that would never even be thought of, never considered. But now with NIL money, which has got nothing to do with, with how poor you were economically coming in, uh, now it's not a factor. So, yes, that's... That you could very easily do that. Now, there's, there's a good chance that guy won't do it; and he'll take off. But, uh, but yeah, you could do it, and you could. That, 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 hey, I would have never thought we were where we are now, and what you just described is very conceivable. Again, Tommy Bowden with us here, former Clemson Tiger head coach from 1999 to 2008, and, and you mentioned you know that that Sweeney and the fans and everybody have kind of built this. Monster. The other thing that sort of changed. I don't know if you've seen the pictures of the new Tiger Walk. That was, you know, that was something that that coach uh, that coach Sweeney started after you left, and now that yeah, thing has yeah. grown. Yeah, right yeah they're going to have yeah. every. I don't know if you've seen this, coach. They're going to have every captain 
from the first year of Clemson football all the way to the recent years, you know, engraved in that path to the stadium. Big, uh, you know, big awning, and it's a big to-do. They even renovated the stadium to make it so that they walk right into the middle of the the field behind the the goalpost. Uh, That has turned into quite an event. They've got the perfect place to do it. I mean, you're talking about, you know, through that parking lot, parking lot area where it was a parking lot, but dropping those players off and letting them walk right to the, to the, to the locker room that end of the stadium, geographically, it, it, you just couldn't have drawn it up any better. And that's a great vision there. To, it's great that they would incorporate all those captains and those players of the past because uh, indirectly they've had something to do with what's happening right now. So it, it's good that they're going to honor them, but it's a great idea. But that's just a perfect location for the, for the Tiger Walk where it is now. So it's good that they're really – uh, uh, rewarding and honoring uh, players of the past in, in that process. Tommy Bowden here with us for a few more minutes. So, Charleston Southern's coming to town. You'd believe uh, a, a team where Clemson's going to be able to right the ship. Uh, what can you take away? You got this game, then Florida Atlantic, and then the Seminoles we mentioned earlier come to town. I mean, what can you, you take away from these two games against what would you know be considered you know uh, subpar competition to really challenge this Clemson team? Well, I think the biggest thing, because you're going to beat them, it's probably going to be a pretty significant victory. It's going to be hard to evaluate, you know, your team overall. The things you can look at, what did we do poorly last game? Well, number one on their agenda is going to be ball security. They're really going to stress it in practice. Uh, Charleston Southern is not going to have a caliber athlete that can jar you and knock it loose with a, with a really physical collision. But uh, they'll be challenged a little bit in that area. That would be one of the things that they – they address, and then they've got to address the uh, field goal, you know, whether, whether it's low kicks, whether it's penetration, uh, whatever they determine the factor. And you can, you can really improve on that from week one to week two. Uh, some assignments, it didn't look like they were really, really poor on assignments. So you say, man, we had a lot of missed assignments. It didn't look like they were really, really, I'm not sure what their tackling statistics were, but those are things against the Charleston Southern that you can evaluate because uh, there's going to be some things you can't evaluate because of the level of competition. Coach, the other thing, too, I, I felt like, and it, I think people forget, because you've had Trevor Lawrence, you've had Deshaun Watson, that Kate Klubnick's still a young quarterback. You know, he's a sophomore, his first regular season start, his first time, I mean, I, I know he had to be the guy in the Tennessee game, but, I mean, this is his squad. Like, this is it. And, and it, yeah. it's... It's not always as easy as Trevor and Deshaun made it look. <laughs> no, no, it, 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 you're exactly right, and uh, and and it, it, unfortunately, some of the things that happened—the two field goals and the—now I don't know if the, the running back quarterback exchange that mesh. I'm not sure. I'm sure when they got and looked at the film and, and they got the running back together and the quarterback goes, "Okay, let's." This, this, this is your fault. You, you're too far away. Quarterback, you put it on his hip. You didn't put it in his belly. They'll get those things squared away. But, yeah, you know, this is a uh, – uh, if, if the running back fumble, that's out of the quarterback's hand. Field goal kicker's got nothing to do with the quarterback. So, uh, I'm sure there's some things he can improve on. But uh, I believe overall that Dabo and, and Coach Riley were fairly pleased with, uh, with Cage's performance. But like any other performance, first-time starter – you know, there's there's always some areas that you can clean up, clean up and improve on. I just don't think you know if you'll be able to tell in this second week whether you got that accomplished or not, simply because of the opponent. 
Tommy Bowden here every Friday to give you the preview and insight into the programs uh, around the country. And and obviously, Coach, the big one that's coming up this weekend is is Alabama and Texas going down in Tuscaloosa. The, the landscape of college football, we can talk about that before we get you out of here. But next year, this will be a conference game when these two, you know, face off the next time they face off. Um, just your thoughts on, you know, what this game could mean, not just for, obviously, uh, the Crimson Tide, um, but also maybe Steve Sarkeesian and the Texas Longhorns, if they could sneak a win out of Tuscaloosa. Well, you know, he played well last year. I think it was 2019 last year. Yeah, it was tight. The quarterback got hurt. So now I know it was in, in, in Austin. Uh, he, he needs to play close again, but uh, I think last year he proved that they can be in the conference. The only difference is uh, after coaching in that conference for 11 years in the SEC, it's that next trip after, after he played Alabama it, it, or after he plays in Tuscaloosa next year, it's that next trip to the Swamp, the next trip to Knoxville, the next <laughs> trip to Oxford, the next trip. That, that's what he will not be prepared for, him or, or Brent Venables as far as the conference. And uh, uh, the interesting thing, and I, I know this might get us into next week some, but the interesting thing now is uh, if you remember when Texas and Oklahoma jumped to the SEC, nobody knew in the conference. The commissioner didn't know. None of the ADs, none of the presidents, only Oklahoma and, and Texas know, knew. And that, that's how you have to do it. You have to keep it quiet. Don't be surprised, Lawton, if you wake up and get that newspaper and all of a sudden, Clemson and Florida State <laughs> have bolted <laughs> to another conference, <laughs> and uh, they don't get that they don't get that money thing squared away, uh, and it'll happen. It nobody'll know, and it'll be quiet. And I say, commissioner won't know, the other ADs, the other president, none of them will know. And all of a sudden, you lose those two, and, and uh, of course, it'd be great for Clemson and uh, but and, and Florida State. But uh, you, you, I know you're talking about the SEC. But, I don't know where they're going to end up. They're either Big Ten or SEC, but don't it, don't be surprised if you wake up and, and they're gone. Well, well, look, you walk us right down the path where I was going to take you. I mean, with the expansion of the conference right now, adding Stanford and California and SMU, I know that's weird, but I think it's just all a part of a complete restructuring that we're going to see where somewhere between 72 uh, and, and 84 teams, Coach, are, are playing – you know, power four, power five football. And I think it's going to get regionalized again, quite frankly. I, I don't think it's going to always be like this. I think there'll be complete revenue sharing. I think it'll just look like the NFL. It's just going to be a, a very similar model to the NFL. What's your take on the future of the sport? Well, it, it, it might be. It might be like that. But you know who the NFL is going to be? It's going to be 32 teams from the Big Ten and the SEC. And they might re revenue share between those two conferences. So – you know, whereas you said some eighty teams, well, yeah, cut that in half. Wow! <laughs> and go about sixty, go about sixteen and sixteen thirty-two. Get your own commissioner, and yeah, revenue share. But they're not going to share with all them other schools. They'll share with those thirty-two. NFL is about thirty-two, thirty-six, however many teams yeah. it is. So yeah, that's a that's a great example you use, and I think a great example would be those two conferences revenue sharing between those thirty-two teams and the Big Ten, the SEC. And that's as far as that money's going to go in television contracts and things of that nature. It's going to be interesting, but there's a there's a lot of scenarios. But uh, I never thought we would be here, but we are. And I, I don't think it's new yet. What you just mentioned is a possibility. And wouldn't surprise me if what I mentioned is a possibility. It, it is a lot different than it was when you were coaching. And it hadn't been all that long since you were in the business. Coach Tommy nah, Bowden. Nah, nah.
We appreciate you. We'll yeah. talk to you next week. Enjoy the rest of your bike ride. Uh, uh, all right. Have a good afternoon. There you go, Tommy Bowden. I, I hate some of you couldn't hear it. I don't know why. I got to figure that out. Uh, I'll talk to the engineer. <laughs> John, the engineer, he'll get me all straightened out. I'm sure it's just a button, uh, but I'll be honest. I was afraid to push a button with Tommy Bowden on the line. So uh, that will be up over on the iHeartRadio app in just a little bit. 803-450-0086, text line, phone line. Again, be a part of the program anytime, anyplace, anywhere. And uh, we'll figure out how and why or how we can get uh, Coach Tommy Bowden's audio on the show uh, next time when we're streaming him uh, as well on social media. All right, quick break. We'll come back with more right here on a Friday afternoon. Stay with us. Clemson Sports Talk on a Friday. That was Tommy Bowden before the break. And I talked to John, the engineer, during the break. And I think we're going to be able to get it all set up. So we can get the stream going because Keith and the other people that wanted to hear from Coach could not. And that's my – well, it's my fault, but it's not. Like, this, these things should work, but it doesn't. And so you're probably wondering, well, why didn't you just mess with it, Swanee? Well, because here's my fear. If I mess with that while I'm live on the air, my brain, okay, my brain can't comprehend what changes I'm making while I'm thinking. Like, I can think through the change, but then if it, something went wrong while I'm live talking to him and I had to go back and fix it, please, impossible. You can't, it's just, that's one of the facets of radio that it's impossible to... Uh, Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Do, do a couple of, you know, multiple things at one time. Now, I will say, Lowell, the producer, this is, this is something that has never been told before on this program. Oh, God, no. I get my news from the internet like every other normal person under 70. Well, this is coming to you from the internet if you're streaming. Ha! <laughs> but... I, at one time, my kids were playing this game called Slither.io. I don't know if you've heard of it, but it's this little video game where you got this kind of like snake and you're going around and you're doing the, you know, you're, you're trying to stay alive and, and you've eaten these other snakes and your little snake's getting longer. And, and one day we were doing the radio show. My kids were in the middle of it. Or my kids enjoyed playing that game back in the day. And I told Lowell, I said, Lowell, I think I can play this game and host the radio show. He's like, Swanee, there is no chance that you can play the game and host the radio show. And I was like, I really, I think I can. And uh, so... I did. I went out and uh, I hosted it, or whatever you want to call it. Um, I hosted the show and played the game at the same time. <laughs> and I did pretty good, if I'm being honest. 
I remember Lowell was like, did you? I said, yeah, I did a whole segment. So that was a, that game was kind of mindless. It didn't take much effort. Um, but to do something that takes effort, yeah, you can't do both. It's impossible. Like all of that, all of that game was, was just kind of survive. You know, just kind of do your best to survive. 803 450 That's what Clemson football is trying to do now. Just survive. Just hold on. Because Tiger fans, man, one bad game, people are bailing. And and I'm going to be honest, I, I don't know diddly, diddly squat about Charleston Southern coming in. Uh, Clemson's never faced them. That's that's the one thing I could tell you. I know the head coach was a guy that was at Alabama when Dabo Sweeney was there. I mean, there's little nuances of the matchup that I can tell you about, but you know, as far as what they're going to bring to the table and what it's going to look like on Saturday, ha! Huh, good luck. The bigger thing I think to watch is how does you know how does Clemson perform? You know, how does Clemson play uh, in this game? And I actually had a guy text me earlier today. It was kind of funny. I haven't heard from him uh, in a while. Jason. Jason, man, I'm I'm, I'm going to say this if you're listening. I got to call I got to call you out, man. I need people to sponsor this show in Myrtle Beach so we can bring it back to the Grand Strand. I need you to rally the troops because the last time I was on over there, we couldn't get enough support to keep us on the airwaves. I need the Tiger fans in the Grand Strand rallying. But Jason hit me up, and he said, uh, Swanee, Clemson beat the best team in the ACC last Monday night itself. You might be on to something, Jason. I wish more fans had that attitude. You know, a lot of people, it's, it's the, the great overestimate, you know, the, it's never as bad or as good as it seems, and that's accurate, people. That's accurate. Like, if you don't think Clemson's good enough to beat Florida State on September the 23rd, you're wrong. They can do it. They can. We still don't know the time and channel for that game. And that was certainly going to be a night game in Death Valley originally. Now, who knows? Uh, there's no telling. But Clemson will look to rebound from that disappointing loss to the Duke Blue Devils, 2-15 tomorrow on the ACC Network. Tigers outgained Duke, 422-374. to Out first downed them, if that's even a term, 29-17. to Sweeney called it the weirdest game he's ever been a part of. 58-0 with Sweeney there when they go 200-200. 108-0 in the program's history. When they go 200 and 200. What does that tell you about Dabo Sweeney and maybe even the game of college football? Sweeney has 58 of Clemson's 108 all-time games where they hit 200 and 200. They'd never lost before. Never lost before in a game like that. And so now I do wonder, does Ross Taylor just switch the statistics a little bit? Clemson's undefeated all-time and... Yeah, but you got to go back and measure the games where you didn't get to like 215. I mean, if you're going to try to run with that number, you got to now go back and find every one where you, I would hate to do that. That that job, let me tell you, 
It's underappreciated. I can assure you what Ross Taylor does. Him and the staff to go in and and like you have to you can't just shift it to two fifteen and think that everything's gonna shift up because you had a lot of games where maybe you didn't get the two fifteen. You gotta go in and figure those games out. Gotta go in and figure it out, man. Eight oh three four five oh zero zero eighty six. Text line, phone line again, be a part of the program anytime. Saturday's game will be uh, designated for honoring some of the former teams, the 1973 team, their 50th anniversary. The 1998 team is their 25th anniversary. The 2013 team is their 10th anniversary. And the 2018 squad, the national champs, five years out. That's hard to believe. All right, a quick break. We'll come back with more right here on a Friday afternoon. Clemson Sports Talk on a Friday. 803-450-0086. Here's the good thing about this Charleston Southern game. All right, going back to the opening loss to Duke. And you want to know why it would be advantageous to have played these games in reverse order? Okay? It's not not hard. Because you can come out against Charleston Southern in the opener. If this was the opener. If this was... If this was Monday night's game, I know you'd never be playing Charleston Southern on Monday night, but just hear me out. If you open with Charleston Southern, mistakes, you know, the, the, the I, I said earlier this week, I felt like there were times in that game where Cade Clubnett was seeing ghosts from the Tennessee game. He's still a young quarterback. And if you can, the further you can get away from those live bullets before you face another Power 5 team, the better. And so if Cade could have come out last Saturday instead and played Charleston Southern in the opener at Clemson, I know it would not be the same level of competition that you see at Duke. But it would give him enough reps in a real game scenario where you get a little more comfortable. Then when you go to Duke, the the last memories that you have on the field in a com- real competitive game is not the game against Tennessee. And I thought that there were some moments in that game where he looked like he was seeing you know, Tennessee's defense across from him. And it, I, I don't want to make it sound like Duke was a bad defensive team. They, they, they were not. I thought they played really well defensively, quite frankly. But if he's a little bit more comfortable, then yeah, it's hard not to, not to think that he plays better. But it wasn't just on him. Brenningstool had a rough game. Not just in the, the, the passing aspect of it. Route running. Uh, the the yeah, poor blocking on his part. I mean, man, he, if you go back and watch some of the tape, looked like a liability. Not a stud. You need a stud at tight end right now. This is a game where studs at tight end lead you into the college football playoff in the national championships. Brock Bowers is awesome. Clemson right now doesn't have awesome at tight end. They need it. The Tigers are attempting to improve to 60-2 and two at Memorial Stadium in the college football playoff era. They're 60-1 prior to their loss to South Carolina at the end of the 2022 season. 
Clemson has not lost consecutive games at Memorial Stadium since 2008. That was Tommy Bowden's final home game as the head coach and then Dabo Sweeney's first game as the interim head coach. That was a loss to Georgia Tech in Dabo Sweeney's first ballgame. Now, what Sweeney said, and we got in the article over on the website, come join us. Come join us. Sweeney said this earlier in the week about bouncing back. He said, quote, we've always battled back. And it's an optimistic. Let's flush it. And some of you say, yeah, it looked like something needed to be flushed. <laughs> yeah. It, uh, flush it is the right word, coach. You don't put that in the trash can. You don't put that in the trash can. That's what. <laughs> he was right. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. That's a game you got to flush. <laughs> That's kind of like the portal at Clemson, to be honest with you. One way. The one way portal. But. Yeah, you got to flush it, put it in your rear view, get it. And that's the best thing about the game this weekend for fans. You you will hang on, okay, to the loss against Duke. You'll talk about it for the season, um, especially if they continue to, you know, if they, if they go out and play well and, and do what they're capable of doing, which – I mean, I, honestly, this team is capable of winning the ACC championship. They can beat Florida State in, in three weeks. I mean, it, it can happen. Trust me. The stadium, the fans, home field advantage. Somebody was talking to me about home field advantage today and, and, and how big that is. And Clemson's got these games at home against Florida State, against Notre Dame. Uh, then potentially a, a opportunity to get to the ACC championship still on the table. And because of the way the ACC is set up this year, there's more than enough opportunity to get back into, you know, to get back into the the college football playoff conversation. Because if you can beat Florida State twice, even still, you know, before it was about Clemson could afford to lose to Florida State once and then beat them and get into the playoff. But now the opportunity the opportunity that is in front of you is you beat them twice. And then that kind of squashes the week one blunders in Durham in the mind's eye of people. But it's a big, long season. A lot of football left to play. The Tigers are not out of the playoff hunt. Don't don't listen to the people out there that want to give you that runaround. Now, 
Do I still believe Dabo Sweeney should change his philosophy on the portal? I do. And I think you heard when I asked Tommy Bowden the question about scholarship players paying their own way to free up scholarships for some other guys to come in who might not have NIL, NIL deals at your school initially, that that could be a thing. Or even going to those guys and say, hey, man, you can get enough NIL around here to, to come on in without a scholarship. I mean, that's the, that's the other thing about it. What does the future of this sport look like with this, what well, you would call it free agency, if you will? But to believe that Clemson is not good enough to still win the Atlantic Coast Conference after a one bad performance, I disagree with that. Um, it's going to be a lot harder, but they are far from out of it. Final segment, our prediction on Clemson and Charleston Southern when we get back right here on the show that shakes the Southland. It's Clemson Sports Talk. What have you done for me lately? It's a fair question. Just don't lose sight of the bigger picture. Don't forget history. Lucky for us at Clemson, the answer to the questions, what have you done for me lately, and what have you done always, are the same. We win. Final segment on a Friday afternoon, the show that shakes the Southland again. South Carolina taking on Furman, the Paladins. Dan Scott and the Paladins. I should have called Dan Scott up. Got his thoughts on that game. You know, I think that game's going to be closer than Gamecock fans think early. And I think ultimately they do come away with a victory. But uh, the Dens are rolling in, Gamecock Nation. Be on guard. Be on guard. South Carolina's offensive line last week. Man, I and, and look, I get it. This is going to be a different level of defense than North Carolina. But let, let's be honest. I, North Carolina, nine sacks? North Carolina, no. I'm just telling you. You can think what you want and say, oh, man, this North Carolina defense, Gene Chizik, they're back. Oh, I... I don't think that's going to be the case for most of the season. I think you just saw a South Carolina team that's got some issues on the offensive line. The other thing that they've really got to figure out is the running back. I mean, I know that the carry-on joiner is, is a kid that has dedicated himself to that program, even though he's kind of been a positionless player. Huh. Kind of a strange way to put it for a guy that's been everywhere. But now kind of being the guy at running back for them, eh, I don't, I don't know, man. 
eyeballs will be uh, tuned in to see how the Gamecocks look in that one. As for Clemson, I'll be honest, I don't know a whole lot. I said this earlier about Gabe Giardina's ball club, the Buccaneers from Charleston Southern. He was a place kicker and a holder in 2000 at Alabama. Dabo Sweeney was the wide receivers coach. So these two know each other. That's an interesting connection. Uh, Clemson is attempting to improve to 38-0 all-time against football championship subdivision teams since the NCAA formed a division previously known as uh, Division I-AA prior to the 1978 season. The Tigers are also attempting to improve to 37-4 against non-conference opponents in Death Valley under Dabo Sweeney. Look, there was a lot to like about that game. Okay? A lot to like about Clemson and, and Duke from the Clemson perspective. There was a lot not to like, too. Right? Like, when you, when you really think about it, the situation just turning the ball over the goal line, it, it's inexcusable. There's a reason that Clemson had never lost a game where they'd rush for 200 and pass for 200. It's hard to do because typically when you're doing those things, you are playing as the better team. And everybody wants to say, oh, Clemson's done. They're out. Dabo Sweeney, blah, so on and so forth. I I don't buy that. I This team is the same team that walked into that game. Had they come away with a win, you would have said, man, that Clemson team, I'll tell you what, they did a lot of bad things, but they found a way. And that's what great teams do. So when you don't find a way, when you don't find a way, how do you get back what you lost in a game like that? It's, it's not necessarily confidence, but it's belief from the standpoint of people around you, pundits nationally. You go out and you start winning. You go out and start looking like the team that people thought you were. It's amazing and I'm not saying that losing to Duke is the same as losing to Florida State. Not saying that at all. Okay? But let me ask you something. Do you know how those two teams did a year ago? Florida State was 10 and 3, 5 and 3 in the ACC. Duke was 9 and 4, 5 and 3 in the ACC. But here's the thing about Duke, and we've said this all offseason. They probably shouldn't have lost to Georgia Tech in overtime, right? They probably shouldn't have lost to North Carolina. And you could argue maybe they shouldn't have lost to Pitt. That team, listen, they lost by three at Georgia Tech in overtime. They lost by three against North Carolina. They let the, the Tar Heels come back, and then they lost by two against Pitt. I mean, I've, I've said they might have been two games away. You know, they may have been three games away from being a one-loss team a year ago. People forget that about Duke. That's a better Duke team. You throw in Duke's schedule in the Google, they're going to give you basketball. <laughs> right? That tells you all you need to know. 
That's a better Duke team than people expected. And I don't know what their season will look like, but Riley Leonard's a winner. You could tell that. I think Clemson wins. Obviously, tomorrow they'll get back and they'll right the ship. I think this thing's probably 45-10, something like that. That's what we'll go with today. Maybe could be worse. But I think it's 45-10 Tigers, and uh, we'll see how things go from there. We'll be back on Monday. Until then, as always, y'all take care now. And go Tigers! Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on Chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at Chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's Chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.